few years ago, I had my first Thanksgiving dinner. It's basically big Sunday dinner, but there's loads of it. Thanksgiving isn't really something we do in Britain. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're just naturally too grumpy or it's too close to Christmas, but maybe we should. I was really blessed by my first Thanksgiving, actually taking some time to sit and reflect on what I was thankful for. It's something I do every year now because I can really easily be miserable and navel-gaze and think about all the stuff I don't have or I, I think I'm missing out on. But every year, as I sit around the table with smiling friends, amazing food and probably way too much dessert, it hits me. I actually have a ton of things to be grateful for in life. It just needs me to actually see it and then be thankful for it. Sometimes it is good to sit and reflect on what we have to be grateful for in life, because if we're honest, there's probably way more than we recognise. God loves us and he loves to bless us, but we might not always see it. We live in a world where often the negative drowns out the positive. Focus on what you don't have. Always find the problem. See what's missing. Negativity demands our focus. Bad news commands our attention. And the problem is sometimes God's love and the things that he does for us can get a little bit lost in the mix. And sometimes we have to make an effort to actively see them. Philippians 4.8 tells us, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I think if we're honest, we probably can all think about some excellent or praiseworthy things that God is doing in our lives. But sometimes they can get drowned out. We don't mean it to happen, but it does happen. But the Bible tells us that those should be the things we focus on, because when we make a conscious effort to see God's love and the things he does for us, it makes it easier to praise him in among all the junk that's happening in our lives. And when we praise God, we become blessed by praising him. But the problem is, sometimes we can be a bit forgetful. You know, we can remember all kinds of things, especially what people have done to us. You know, we might remember who hurt us or lied to us or all the things we don't have, but we can easily forget all the great things God has done for us. It's like we've got this long memory when it comes to our hurt and sorrow and disappointment and a short memory when it comes to all the amazing things that God is doing in our lives. I'll give you an example. I'm 37 and the big question facing me right now is this, what happens if I never get to have a family? It's something I've prayed for for years and it's just never happened and I'm actually really hurting because of this, and it's quite a painful thing. My natural tendency is to focus on that and almost ignore everything else God is doing. And yet, when I think back over my life, I've really seen God do some amazing stuff. Provision, healing, breakthrough, it's never stopped and it's never run out. And from I guess from my perspective, it's really easy to sit and focus on this really small and painful area that hurts. But from God's perspective, he's never stopped blessing me. Now, do I always give God thanks in the way that he deserves? Honestly, no. 
Because I can be, I can end up being too busy looking at what I don't have to see what I've actually been blessed with. And I wonder if that's true for some of us, maybe not just me. You know, this year has been incredibly hard. I think we're all sick to death of hearing about COVID-19 and lockdown. We're probably all looking forward to the day we can uninstall Zoom. From homeschooling to shielding, isolation to mental health, imploding marriages to maybe just seeing that little too bit too much of somebody. We've all taken a battering in some way. And I think some of us have gotten deeply hurt or wounded in this season of our lives. And yet, if that's all we see in this season, maybe we might be missing the point. So many great things have come out this last 12 months. Innovation, rest, new relationships, going deeper with God, doing things in new ways. God has blessed us all so much, but sometimes maybe we don't see it. Sometimes all we see is what we don't have or what we think we're missing, and we're not looking for the great things that God is doing. We don't see the way God loves us. And the problem is, when we're not actively looking for that, when we don't see those things, sometimes we end up not praising God in the way that he really deserves to be praised. You know, living a life of constantly praising God is the most enjoyable way to live life. And it's honestly the most powerful and most dramatic way to change our lives. Praise isn't just that thing we do when we stand up in church. It's a mindset and a lifestyle that we're called into. It's a way for us to live. The Bible calls us to always praise God. Psalm 71.8 says, my mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. And if our faith is like a car, then I guess praise is the petrol in the engine. It's what brings it roaring to life. Colossians 2.7 says that we should be strengthened in faith and overflowing with thankfulness. And because our praise and our faith, they are intrinsically linked because the more praise we give God, the more our faith in God increases because we're remembering more of what he's done. We, As we bless God, we become more blessed by him. And sometimes it is a bumpy start, actively trying to recognise the blessings of God in among everything that's going on can be difficult. But a bit like a car, when we start the engine, once it gets going, it roars to life, it becomes powerful and we can keep going. The best example of this, I think, in scripture is in Psalm 103. This is a song of praise written by David. He was the guy who killed Goliath. He was the second king of Israel. And it's a beautiful psalm. It's an incredible expression of worshipping God for who he is and what he's done. There's a lot in there that I think, should we choose to pay attention, could transform our lives and the way we engage with God. The first thing you'll recognise from when Hannah read the psalm is that there's no request in there from David. He's not asking God to do anything for him. It's purely focused on thanking and praising God because David was amazed by what God had done in his life. David is writing Psalm 103 as he's gotten older and reflecting. He's looking back on who God is and what God's done. And it's those things that make David praise God so passionately. You know, you can almost feel his desire to praise God in these words. His praise isn't superficial. 
is sacrificial. He worships God with everything he is. And we see this in verse one. He says, praise the Lord, my soul. In my inmost being, praise his holy name. David uses the word soul, which in the Hebrew means everything we are. David wants to praise God with everything he is without distraction. And that's something we're called into as well. In Luke 10, 27, Jesus says the most important thing we can do with our lives is to love God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind. And I imagine that if you love someone that much, you'd tell them constantly that you love them all the time. And what that means for us is that when we praise God, we do it constantly in the knowledge that God deserves our very best. We praise sacrificially, not superficially, with all our heart, soul, strength and mind. But why would you do that? Well, first two, David reminds himself to forget not his benefits. David is literally telling himself, don't forget all the great things that God has done for you. Don't lose sight of the, all the blessings and the victories God has given you, no matter what your circumstances are. You know, David was a man who had a lot of ups and downs in life. He saw his son die at seven days old. He committed murder. His own son tried to kill him, as did his best friend's dad. He was at war his whole life. David has been through a lot. And even after all that, he's still saying, remember what God has done in your life. Because David knew that even though his circumstances changed a lot, God's love for him stayed the same. And it's the same for us. No matter what happens in our lives, God's love for us and the things he does for us because of that love do not change. And that is why we praise him. And what we see next is David gives us three big things God does in his life that make him worthy of praise. And it's the same things that God does for us today. In verse three, David says that God forgives all your sins. And in verse four, God redeems your life from the pit. Now, I hope you know that if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, that God has forgiven all your sins because Jesus is a better savior than we are sinners. That's the love of God for us shown on the cross of Jesus Christ in a way that is sacrificial, not superficial. That's something that God does for us that means he is worthy of worship. And even though what happens in our lives may change, our relationship with God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ does not. The second reason David gives us is in verse three, where he says that God heals all your diseases. You know, God can and he does heal today, but it's more than physical healing. I think we can all have things in life that negatively impact us. That could be a disease, but it might also be finances, relationships, self-image, weight, ministry, singleness. I don't know. But we're all facing difficulties in some area of life. That's just the reality that we are in. But when those things are the focus... Without realising it, we can sometimes make our praise conditional. We can praise God when he fixes the thing we're focused on, not because he's doing all this other amazing stuff already that we're just not seeing. And maybe what David is saying is that that place in our lives where we need breakthrough, where it hurts, where it feels like things will never get better, God is bigger than it and he can bring breakthrough. Let's notice that David uses the word all. Now, honest question, 
Would that thing that we are struggling with be included in the word all? If it is, then we know that God is bigger than it and he can bring breakthrough. And that is why we praise God. The third reason David gives us is God's love for us. David shows us that God's goodness is actually pointed straight at us. It's active, that God crowns us with love and mercy. And in verse five, that God gives us good things that satisfy. Now, that means that God's love is powerful. It's tangible. It's something that God actually puts onto us and that it's made visible through the way he constantly blesses us. And when we understand in our heads that we are loved deeply and profoundly by a perfectly holy and loving God, that's an absolute game changer because we change. Because God's love goes from this superficial concept, this sacrificial reality. This is a never-ending, limitless, unstoppable, never giving up, deep and limitless, powerful love that the creator of the universe has for each of us. God's love in our lives is, is real. It's tangible, constant and transformative. And when we actively recognise what he has done for us, we can't help but worship God with everything in us to bless the Lord, O oh, our souls. And because of that, we become even more blessed by God. David says in verse 5 that God renews our youth like the eagles. By being intentional in looking for God's blessings, by recognising who God is and what he's done, David promises us that God will restore our youth. That walking in a lifestyle of praise and worship to God is yet another way that God blesses us as if he hasn't done enough already. Now, the eagle uh, in the Bible symbolizes strength and freedom and breakthrough. And David is promising us the same, that when we walk into this lifestyle of praising God for who he is and what he's done, we'll become strong again. We'll experience that breakthrough and we experience that freedom to worship God with all that we are, with our very souls. And I wonder, is there something in all this that could change the way we live our lives? Truthfully, when we come to the end of all the reasons David gives us for why God is worthy of praise, we will see something amazing. David shows us his mental process and it's something we can follow and mirror. He starts by saying to himself, I will praise God. I won't remember who he is. And then Almost mantra-like, he goes through all the things that God is to him and what God has done in his life. And it's like this launch pad David uses to find this freedom, this strength and passion to praise God with everything in him, with his very soul. So maybe we need to ask ourselves, who is God to us? What are the things that God has done in our lives? Maybe he answered prayer or brought breakthrough or we really connected with him. Who is God to us? Because that question is the starting place for a lifetime of praise. Because when we look back over our lives, just like David did, we will see times that God acted. Things he did, times his love never gave up on us, even though we maybe came close to giving up on him. And as we do that, we can experience that same power and freedom to worship God with everything in us. But maybe we're thinking, you don't know what I've been through. And that's absolutely fair enough. It's true. People don't know what we've been through. We might be shell-shocked after a rough 12 months. Or how do you praise God when it feels like all the hope and joy has gone out of the world? You know, if we can't see the things that God is doing in our lives because it seems like there's nothing good left, 
then why don't we start where David started? When David says forget not his benefits, those benefits that he lists are the same for us and they are yes and amen in Jesus Christ because it is only Jesus that can forgive and heal and redeem and truly love us and help us experience satisfaction. That is what God is doing in our lives because of his unfailing love. And if we can't find somewhere to start, why don't we start there? We can find the good with pretty much anything else in life. So why not when it comes to God? Give me an example. When England are in a World Cup, everyone always brings up the one time England won it in 1966. You can't escape it. It's in the papers, social media, football is coming home. Now, truthfully, England aren't always a great team. But by remembering who the England team were and what they've done, it brings a a national sense of joy and excitement. It restores faith and happiness and confidence in the England team. And we can do the same with God. But unlike the England team, God won't disappoint. What would our lives like? If we spent more time choosing to remember the goodness of the Lord, I would suggest to you they'd look remarkably different. We would walk in that freedom, that strength that David promises comes from praising God for who he is and what he does. And as we recognise that, as we own it, we walk in a lifestyle of praise and worship that constantly blesses us. As we see more of God's love revealed to us, maybe as this world around us falls down, maybe it's time for us to stand up in praise once again. It'd be really easy, I guess, just to park things there, but I want to invite you to walk into this lifestyle of praise and worship with me. Maybe that's for the first time or the hundredth time. Maybe you've known Jesus all your life and maybe you've never met him. But wherever you are, Wherever you're at, if you feel comfortable, let you put your hands out like this. And we're going to invite God to remind us of who he is, what he's done for us. So take a second to remember a time that God did something in your life. It doesn't have to be huge. It might be something really small or insignificant to you. Just bring it to the front of your mind. And if you've never known Jesus, just remember that he's the only one that can heal and restore and forgive our sins. He's the way back to God. And that's what he's done for all of us. If you can't start somewhere, start there. Just bring that to the front of your mind. And wherever you're at, close your eyes, bow your heads and pray with me. Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the the amazing things that you've done for us. Father God, we're sorry that we've not always praised you or worshipped you in the way that you deserve. Father God, we're sorry that we don't always recognise the amazing things you're doing in our lives or we don't always recognise how much you love us. Father, we invite you into our lives again. Help us to, to walk with you, whether that's for the first time or the hundredth time. Father, we want you again. We want to walk with you in this lifestyle of praise and blessing, Father. Help us always to bless you, to bless the Lord, all our souls, with everything in us. May you be blessed and may we always praise you and love you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.